Welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Christina Liebman. Christina serves as Trimble's Senior Director of Marketing Communications for their autonomy business. In her role, she is responsible for the strategic direction of all marketing activities for the business unit globally. Prior to joining Trimble, Christina served in a number of marketing leadership roles for some of the world's leading technology brands including Advanced Energy, Immersive, Automation Solutions, and Level 3 Communications. She received her MBA from Regis University and her Bachelor of Arts from University of California, Santa Barbara. In her free time, she enjoys kickboxing, traveling, skiing, and road biking. Hi, Christina. Welcome to Women to Women podcast series. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Let's start with your childhood. So you are a California girl. I am born and raised. I was born in Newport Beach, California. Lived there till I was about 10. And then um, my family moved us up to the Central Coast, um, just outside of Santa Barbara in an area called the San Ynez Valley, which is now wine country. So it's everyone from LA goes up there every weekend to go wine tasting. So it's changed a bit since I um, grew up there, but it was a fun place to grow up. So how was childhood for you? You have siblings? How, how was that? I do. I have, um, I have two sisters. I'm the oldest. So they referred to me as the bossy one, but it was a great childhood, um, really close to my sisters and um, a great family environment. Um, so that was great. It's really beautiful where you grew up. Now, growing up in um, almost wine country, right? As you uh-huh, said, uh-huh. what did you want to become? What was your ambition growing up? Oh gosh. You know, I think... I think I had, I had a number of ideas. Um, originally, I think I wanted to be a psychologist and that's originally what I went to college for. But then as I started to get more and more into the field of psychology, I um, realized that, you know, I didn't know if that was necessarily what I wanted to do um, for the rest of my life. So that's where I kind of pivoted into marketing. Um, I wanted to use that psychology background and that understanding of people and, you know, have it help me on the marketing path. Because I think, you know, all of marketing is really about, you know, understanding people, how they react to things, how they respond to different tactics, um, campaigns, brands, if you will. So that kind of dovetailed me into this whole career within marketing. And I, I haven't looked back since I, since I took that step. So why psychology? Like, did you have anybody in your life who was more into that path? Not really. I think I did a career assessment test back in the high school and it kind of said, hey, this is a career that you might want to explore, which to me, it sounded interesting. I did. I do like I do like people. I like learning about people, what makes them react different ways and understanding kind of how the brain works. So that that was appealing to me in in the beginning. Psychology and marketing. It's an amazing combination, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> because you can actually understand the psyche of your customers when you're trying yep. to market to them because you understand the other aspects. Do you think that that's a perfect combination for somebody who's aspiring for a marketing career? You know, it's an interesting combination. I think that it's helped me a lot. I think as marketing's progressed in that digital ecosphere and we've been able to test and learn a little bit more how people respond to things. I think digital marketing has made things a little bit easier because you're able to A-B test specific headlines, campaigns, colors, et cetera. Um, whereas in the past, you were kind of you know, shooting at the dark, wondering how an audience was going to react to a specific message or um, a specific um, tagline or headline or, or anything that you were trying to say. So psychology to me, I've, I've leveraged it throughout my career on, hmm, I wonder you know, how, we can, how we can push the boundaries, how we can 
you know, think outside the box, how, how we want somebody to react to a specific program or a specific campaign. So it's helped me. I do think it's, it's a unique combination, but I, I, I've enjoyed it. So you actually went back to school to get your MBA after working a few years, which is very similar to my background. I did the same. And I think it really gave at least me great perspective on which areas within MBA I really wanted to focus myself on. So how was that journey for you going back to school? And how did you think it helped you to have industry experience before going back to get your MBA? Yeah, so I was, let me think, I was probably in the work in the workforce for about 10 years, had had two children and then, you know, was kind of climbing up that corporate ladder where I kept wanting to learn more was how, you know, the work that I was doing was impacting um, the overall business and, you know, learning more about, you know, managing, managing the PNL, understanding kind of, you know, more um, on sustainability issues, um, kind of what, what was impacting kind of the world and how I could actually make a better I guess more of a, a better presence with my marketing programs. So that's where I kind of um, I kind of thought, well, maybe I'll get my MBA. I wanted to kind of wrap, you know, the business perspective around um, or marry up my the business perspective of an organization with my marketing programs to understand kind of how I could manage manage the business side of the world. So that's where I um, why I took that journey. I was working as a director of integrated marketing for a large Fortune 500 company at the time. And it was really interesting to see, you know, real life examples of how they were, um, of how the work that I was doing was impacting kind of their organization globally. So during the time, while you really got interested into the business side of aspects, did you have people that you really seeked out? Did you seek out a mentor or anybody to really help you understand that side of business? I did. I <laughs> funny story. So my first class um, in my MBA was accounting, and I was like, "There's no way I'm making it through this because it was just like this complete like language that I had no idea what they were even speaking." So I I I was like, "No, you're gonna you're gonna do this. You're gonna figure this out." So. I befriended a number of our finance team members, as well as the accountants to help me make sense of this. And um, that, that really helped because I had those, those subject matter experts that could walk me through this language that was nothing at all like marketing. I also interviewed a number of GMs throughout the organization and people that were in roles like supply chain and procurement and areas that I didn't know much about uh, being on the marketing side, just to understand kind of what you know what what they were faced with daily and kind of how they run their business and how I could how I could kind of learn you know what um what what they were faced I guess on a regular basis so that really helped me and it was an eye-opening experience because you're looking at you know global supply chain and how you can make an impact when you know prior to that I was just focused on a marketing program and meeting my deliverables and, and getting this message out to the market. So it was really helpful to see the different perspectives of the other organizations through throughout the company and kind of what they were faced with. So now looking back, do you think you would have done anything different to get to where you are today? That's an interesting question. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I might've taken more risks, but I feel like I did take a lot of risks. I, um, you know, I knew when it was time to leave an organization, when it was time to, to jump at the chance to take on something else. I've always been, you know, very self-driven and a, a constant learner and constantly wanting to improve myself as well as, you know, work with my teams to make sure they're performing um, as best as they possibly can. So in hindsight, I don't necessarily know that I would have done, I can't think of anything, I guess, that I would have done differently had I had been given the chance, I guess. 
moving between companies were there specific instances where you kind of felt that like you were you were the only woman and you didn't have anybody else to really rally up for you or really for you to share your learnings or have a sounding board for yourself well there was plenty of instances where i was the only female in a room full of full of men um i think you know it it it, it says a lot for an organization to an organization on how they manage their culture and how they want to embrace diversity and equity and inclusion in an environment. I think a lot of times, um, and hopefully that's, that's changing. I see it changing in a lot of organizations, but in some of the um, organizations I had been with um, previously, it, you know, women weren't respected. They weren't, um, you know, I was, you know, men were given positions that probably should have belonged to me just, you know, because they were friends with a member of the executive team and such. So it was a hard, um, hard lesson to learn. And I think it's a hard fight to fight. But I, you know, we're out there fighting every single day. Any specific people that really helped you shape who you are? Yes, a lot. So I have, I rely heavily on my family, um, my, my parents, my husband, my kids, Um, I have a great group of girlfriends who, you know, keep me honest and call me out when, you know, I'm overthinking things or just not being who I, who I really am. I have a large group of business colleagues who, who empower me, who help me to, you know, to learn and push the boundaries and test new things and help me be just a better version of myself. And I have a number of um, previous bosses that I've worked with that I just have so much respect for, and they are constantly, you know, there to mentor me and guide me and help me kind of grow within my professional and personal careers. So what were some of the commonalities between these great leaders or your previous managers who you looked up as mentors? They all had um, core values that I that I rely on and I respect, such as integrity. They were honest. They were open-minded. They were open to change, to embracing new ideas. They um, treated people with respect. I think a lot of times in, in, in some business environments, people just don't have respect for individuals like they should. Um, and you know, the biggest thing is that they were open to letting me try new things and fail. Cause that's kind of where innovation happens is if you, if you try something you fail and you're like, okay, we're never gonna do it that way again, but here's five ways that we could do it right if we try it another way. And I think to me, that's how I've learned and how I've grown and how I've sort of built my teams um, currently is just, you know, giving them, giving the ability to, to fail and to test and to learn. And, and, you know, we get better with, with all of, with all the tries that we make. Absolutely. You mentioned you have two kids when they were young is when your career was taking off and you were Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, make a name for yourself. How was that balance for you? And what really worked for you during that time? When I had them, I was um, leading marketing communications for a Fortune 500 company, um, and they were fairly little. My husband um, owned a restaurant at the time, so he had more of a flexible schedule, so he was able to kind of balance. He was gone a lot at night, but you know he kind of balanced a, a, some of the the activities during the day with getting them to practice and um, you know sporting activities where I kind of managed the night side of um, the house with bedtime and such. So, so that was helpful. Um, we, we somehow made it work. It was, it was definitely um, a stressful environment, but we made it through it. I think, you know, you just, you're just kind of all working in it um, together. And, and my company, the company that I was working with them was, was, you know, very um, family centric. So they were, they were okay if I needed to take time off for the kids to get them to, you know, sporting practices or, um, or what have you. 
And a lot of times we hear this, right? Um, women say that they don't get the support they need from other women leaders. Mm-hmm. What are you, your views on that? And what can we do to really fix that? I've been fortunate, I think, to have supervisors or leaders that have always supported me in what I'm trying to do. And I've, and I've tried to pay it back and do that to my own members within my team. I mean, I think that that's where you get the trust and um, the balance that you need to build an effective team is if you, if you understand that everybody has a job to do and they'll get the job done and you, you trust that they'll get it done regardless of what time they're working and when they're getting it done. So to me, that's always been very important as opposed to, you know, somebody clocking in at eight and leaving at five. It's, you know, this is what I want from you for this role. So figure out how you can deliver on my expectations when, whenever you can. You also believe in promoting women when they're ready for it. So that's, I think, a great aspect. You had also mentioned in our earlier conversation that you had also seeked a career coach. How did that really help you? Yeah, that was it, um, a previous role that I had. I was trying to figure out, it was, it was a role where, you know, I was one of the um, few female leaders within the organization and I wanted to expand my scope. I wanted to be listened. I wanted to be heard. And it just wasn't, it wasn't working because it was a fairly male dominated environment. Um, so one of the things that I, um, I thought might help me was, you know, hey, maybe you need to hire a career coach to, to help you third party completely removed from me or anything that I've done completely removed from the organization, um, you know, to help me kind of see things differently or help me, you know, position myself as I'm ready for this next phase in leadership. So um, I, I did hire a great career coach. She helped me navigate. Um, she, she did a lot of um, work on me with three 160 degree reviews, kind of assessing feedback on how I was being perceived and then giving me advice on and coaching on how I could actually tackle different, um, different issues I was facing across the organization. So, so it was, it was a very helpful um, exercise to kind of go through. I think when you, when you, when you dig down deep, you, you have all these like skeletons in the closet that sometimes you might not want to address, but then you learn kind of how you, how you might be able to position things a different way or how you're perceived might not be the intention that you're trying to, to, to deliver, I think. So yeah, so it was a great exercise. I worked with her for I think about a year and a half. And, and she was funny. She basically came to me at the end and said, you need to quit your job because this company is never going to change. And so when you have that type of feedback from somebody who the company is paying, it was just kind of a lesson learned saying, you know what, I can keep banging my head against the wall and hoping that you're going to change or I can go somewhere that's, you know, more my speed and what I'm, what I want to do and will, will help me grow as an individual. That was a great career coach, right? Who really she was had great. Yeah, trust was. at heart. And yep. that's, that's a great find. What are some of the things that you see that women usually step into at work that you think really hold them back? I think sometimes we get, we tend to get too emotional as women. We tend to take things a bit too personally. Um, I think we need to look at things more, more black and white as opposed to, and and realistically as to how they are. Sometimes we as women leaders come in and we want to try to change too much. And I struggle with this with with my own team because I'll come in with a laundry list of here's everything that's broken. We can't fix everything. So pick three. Let's work on three things this quarter. We'll fix these three things and then we'll move to the next three. But it's, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because you, you always want to, you, you walk in and you see, you see opportunity everywhere. So you want to figure out how you can, how you can make an impact to an organization. But I think you need to kind of crawl before you run and you figure out 
you know, what that appetite is within that organization for change and, and how you can make an impact in, in small ways and then lead up to those larger change initiatives that, you know, may make people feel a bit more uncomfortable. What's your thought on um, entering uncomfortable zones? Because a lot of leaders say, if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not trying to stretch your horizons. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I hate to be uncomfortable, but I force myself to be uncomfortable it, as much as I possibly can. Because I think that when you get in that uncomfortable state and you you don't feel right, that that's where the innovation happens and you start to kind of see things like, hey, what if we did it this way? Well, what if we did it this way? How about we explore this opportunity? Because you're trying to figure out a way out of the uncomfortable zone that you're in, but that's where your mind starts figuring out your mind starts coming up with ideas on, okay, areas that we could focus on to kind of get us out of the situation. What are your sources of joy? What gives you happiness and joy? I love spending time with my friends, with my family. Um, I love hiking. I love uh, road bike riding, anything that has to do with the outdoors. I love um, solving new challenges. I'm super passionate about digital marketing. So anything that I can do that has an impact on how I can actually leverage data to, to show how customers are interacting with um, products, with our services, with our brand, with our messaging. To me, that is that's just super exciting because um, you know you can you can make the, the slightest tweak to something and you can increase you know user behavior substantially just by analyzing how that user is interacting with what with what it is you're presenting to them. Yeah, I think that's that's the next big way, right? Everything is digital, especially after COVID, we realized how much we depend on digital marketing because the in-person marketing kind of went all the way down, but yep. some companies thrived just because they had the right setup and the infrastructure for the digital marketing. Definitely a great area to be in. So somebody who's just coming out of college right now, aspiring to be a digital marketing in this era, what would you advise them to be? What kind of skill sets should they acquire? What kind of courses should they look for? There's just so much out there right now. I think it's very important um, right now with the way that the economy is to have a background or to take some classes in, on, on global marketing to understand how different countries go to market and how they sell their products and services. I also think it's very important to understand analytics. You, you really want to understand kind of the Google analytics or whatever analytics that your web properties are, um, are driven on because that will help you um, better crunch the numbers and analyze the data to kind of see how users are, are interacting. From a global branding perspective, I think it's very important to just research how brands have been built, strong brands have been built and how they've gone to market and how they've stayed the status quo with regards to what their values are, what they stand for, what they want to be seen as. And customer experience is key. I mean, how um, those global brands react to their customers, how they respond when there's negative um, complaints about them on social media, that brand equity and that brand credibility is what keeps those organizations running smoothly and strong. COVID taught us a lot of things. What were a couple of your personal learnings out of this whole last one and a half years? Prior to COVID, it was, you know, getting up at the early morning, getting ready for work, getting into work. It was just, there was just so much wasted time um, consumed on you know, commuting and, you know, in, in mindless meetings that you didn't really need to be at. I think we've become a lot more efficient in our meetings um, since COVID. We've learned that we're able to get a lot done remotely, that it doesn't, we don't always have to be, you know, in person in meetings. I think we've learned to scale. We've learned to um, embrace different um, platforms, which is 
you know, online meetings and such to, to help us, you know, be better at what we do. Um, I think that, you know, this is kind of the wave of the future. So we're, we're just going to have to keep learning how, how we can adapt and transform and, you know, explore new technologies to help us get our work done quicker, faster, smarter. So on a different note completely, you are an avid zipliner. So let's talk a little bit about that, the fun part. Best places you have ziplined, how did you get into it? And what's the hook for you in this? You know, the best place I think I ziplined was in Croatia. And it was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, I did that my birthday a few years back with my kids and my husband. Um, but I've ziplined in Canada or throughout um, the United States, Mexico, Croatia. I don't know how I got into it. I believe it was probably one of those things that my husband kind of conned us all into and everybody kind of loved it once they tried it. And so then once we did it, it became kind of a, every time we're on a trip, we seek out that where, where if there's ziplining close by and they sign us up, but it's, it's fun. I think just to kind of be up above the trees hanging with, you know, just a rope, it's, it's just kind of, um, liberating almost. And, you know, you're, you're going super fast. So it's just, I, I just love it. It's fun. Looking back, um, what were some of the other fun things you did? So this is something you got pushed into. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, we were, we were a huge traveling family. We, I still am with my family. We're always traveling somewhere. Well, pre COVID at least, uh, I like to kind of, um, embrace my myself my family and my friends just in, in the in the different cultures of all the areas that that we tend to visit just so we can learn a little bit more about the cultures and the areas you know where we are um we we traveled quite a bit when I was younger um with with my family so do you think all of this travel right seeing new cultures seeing new perspectives of people do you think you brought it back to your work and that really helped you Yes, most definitely. That's one of the reasons why I was just so interested in global marketing, because I feel like marketing in itself, you're, you're painting this picture, but it's, it's definitely interesting to see how, how different cultures or how different um, continents react to a, a, a specific marketing message as well. For example, you know, what we promote in the United States might not resonate with uh, the folks in, in Asia. So we have to change our marketing message. We have to change our colors. We have to change you know, some of the imagery that we use just so it makes sure that it resonates with, with that audience. And, and we have the same output that we're looking for. In closing, any final comments for our listeners? You don't be afraid to, to try new things. Don't be afraid to fail. That's how you're going to get better. And that's how you're going to keep learning. Take chances. I mean, life is short. And I think that you want to get as much out of it as you can, you know, never stop learning. I read a ton of books. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I'm I'm always, you know, wanting to learn what that next new thing is. And I, I rely on, you know, my, my coworkers, my mentors, my, my leadership and, you know, my family to keep me grounded and to help me be the best version of me. So always reach out. People are always willing to kind of help you get to that next level um, of your career or wherever you're looking to do um, in your life. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Christina. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.